Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by Daryl Reed. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. So I get to get to share with us this morning, and uh, yeah, looking forward to to sharing and hopefully having having some fun this morning. If I had to give my my sermon a, a title this morning, it's going to make absolutely no sense to you until the very end. But the title is "Fly, Eddie, Fly," and so stick with me until the end, and then it will all make sense. But uh, hopefully that'll be the catchphrase as you remind yourself um, when you're feeling down or or you know hope is has has been lost. That you just say to yourself, fly, Eddie, fly. And so what I really want to talk about is, is the good works that God has called each one of us to do. And so if you've got your Bible, if you can open up to Ephesians chapter 2, uh, we're going to read from verses 8 to verse 10. Um, because the reality is God has made good works for each one of us to do. It's, it's this dream that He's placed upon your heart, upon your life. Uh, God has given you a dream, and God wants us to pursue these dreams, to follow these dreams, and to live out the, the God dream that God has put on you and in you. So read with me Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. a couple of interesting things about the, these, these two or three verses is, is the whole thing about uh, being saved by grace. There's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. Salvation is a free gift. But once we've earned that, well, not once we've earned, but once we've stepped into that free gift of, of salvation, there are then these good works that we are called to do. God has prepared good works for you. He's made you for good works. He's equipped you for the good works. And his desire for you, for me, is that we walk out our lives doing the very good works that God has destined you to to do and to, to walk out. And so, I mean, surely I think one of the biggest questions that we ask ourselves as, as believers and maybe even all mankind is, what is my purpose? What, is, what, what am I here for? Why am I alive? And, and what is God's plan for me? Um, why is it that you know, God has me in this area? What is God's purpose for me as, as you go through, through life? And I think on the opposite side of that question, surely the sweetest spot that we can ever live in as, as believers, is to find that, that track, the, the good works that God has prepared for us, and to live out doing those very good works. Uh, I think when we find that sweet spot, life doesn't get any, any more fulfilled. I'm not saying that there won't be trials or challenges. No, there totally will be. Uh, but, but in terms of fulfillment, I don't think you can have another you know, high level of fulfillment than finding those good works uh, that, that God has prepared for each one of us. And so how do we discover what are these good works? What does this look like? And of course, it's a journey, but that's what I want to unpack a little bit this morning and just touch on and hopefully give a few pointers that will help us discover and uh, be intentional about pursuing these these good works, this this dream, this passion, this purpose that God has put on your life. I don't want to speak to the dads, especially this morning. Uh, come on, let's be leaders, leaders in our families. Let's lead by example. Let's be dreamers, people who dream with God and who demonstrate to to our children and to our families 
that God has got good plans, God has got good intentions for us, and we need to intentionally pursue those, those good plans and purposes to walk in them. And so one of the, the things I want to suggest that we do is I think often when we go on this journey with the Lord of what does it look like to discover these good works, uh, I think our culture tends to, to overplay our own role within the good works, and it tends to become, what is my dream? What is, what is my passion? And, and I want to maybe suggest that maybe we change our wording around, and instead of, you know, looking for, what is my dream? I, you know, perhaps you feel your, your identity is just, you know, lost, or you're unsure who, who did God create you to be? What are the things that you should be pursuing? Instead of looking for the things, you know, what must Daryl become? Maybe change your prayers and say, God, what is your dream for me? God, what is your purpose for me? And I think when we just turn it around and just change our language a little bit, I think that'll help us to, to identify and find, God, what is your purpose for me on earth? Uh, that, that it doesn't become a self-centered, you know, it's all about me and God, why aren't you serving my dream and my passion? No, that's not what life is about. It's about us serving Him. Uh, but God, what is it that is your your dream, your passion for me. The scripture says that you created me with good works in mind. You've, you've prepared me for these good works. Uh, Lord, I want, I want to discover what those are so that I can wholeheartedly serve you. Because again, I think that's the sweet spot in, in life where we're, we're doing everything that God has created us to be and to do. And so another tip to help us find that, that sweet spot is to lay everything down at the feet of Jesus, uh, to, to take your own dreams, passions, the, even the things that you feel are your calling. Uh, sometimes I think it's good to take all of those things, lay them down at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I give you everything. I surrender everything, God. Whatever it is that you want to do with my life, I, I lay it at your feet and I, I live my life as a living sacrifice to bring honor and glory to your name. And as we posture ourselves in that way where we just lay it all down at his feet, um, I think it's in that moment when we surrender all that then he gives back to us the, the dreams, the vision, the, the purpose that we have. And, and he normally gives it back to us way bigger than what we thought it was when we laid it down at his feet. And so I want to encourage us as you go on this journey of uh, what is it, God? What are the good works that you have for me? Lay everything down at the feet of Jesus. Lay it all down the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, I give you everything. I surrender my life fully to you. Uh, I'm happy and I'm willing to, to give up my dream, whether that might be, you know, whatever career path, maybe it's moving to a particular country, maybe it's, you know, reaching a specific uh, milestone in ministry, whatever it might be, God, I lay it all down at your feet. If you want me to become a, uh, you know, a, a clean the streets and pick up litter, if you want me to look after orphans, whatever it is, God, I, I will do it. And as we posture ourselves in that, in that manner, I think it just opens up our hearts to, to hear from him and for him to come and give back and to, to, to give us those good works that he's created us to do. So, um, and I encourage you, watch and see what he will do when you, when you fully surrender your life to him. Um, in, in that way. And I think it's an ongoing journey. It's not a, a once-off moment. It's an ongoing journey of, of, of surrender to the King of Kings. And so as Sean Boltz puts it, I want to quote him here, but God wants what you want more than you want it. 
And uh, as we discover these good works that God has destined for you, God wants those for you more than what you want them. So know that God is, God is backing you. God is in your corner. He's, he's cheering you on. He's supporting you. And he's saying, come on, son. Come on, daughter. You can do this. And, and I'm with you. And he's, he's cheering you on. So the next thing I want to talk about as we identify and unpack what are these good works is that we live a life of holy pursuit. Uh, and I think that God is, is moving in the world in this time and in these days. And I think that there's a holiness movement that God is stirring within the, the bride, a, a movement to live holy, pure, righteous lives. Holiness means to be set apart, set apart for Him, that we will live a life where we are just so set apart for Jesus. And so if you've got your Bible open still, uh, why don't you go over to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 21 to 23, and then we're going to read a, a few verses in, in chapter 3 in a few moments time but second timothy 2 verse 21 it says therefore if anyone cleanses cleanses himself from what is dishonorable he will be a vessel for honorable use set apart as holy useful to the master of the house ready for every good work so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness faith love and peace along with those who call on the lord from a pure heart have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. Amen. So first up, I want to encourage you to have nothing to do with ignorant controversies. There's so much controversy in the world right now. And as the scriptures tell us to, to have nothing to do with them, I want to encourage you not to embrace some of these uh, controversies that the, the world is embracing, uh, that we have nothing to do with them, but, but that we live a life that is honorable to Jesus, that we live a life that is holy, a life that is set apart. And so men, I also want to challenge us. I want to speak to us and I want to say, come on, let's lead the charge in living holy, set apart lives for Jesus. Let's lead the charge for, for communities, for our family. I'm not saying, woman, you can't. Woman, you are already in so many cases doing that. Uh, and, and I find maybe it's the men that are sometimes lacking in this area. And so come on, men, let's lead the charge in living holy holy lives for Jesus, in, in starting and, and, and following Jesus in this holiness movement where we, we let go of the things of the earth, we let go of the things that are dishonorable, we let go of perhaps, you know, whatever your fleshly desires might be. You know, for men, we, we have got so many temptations that might try and grab hold of us. I want to encourage us. Let's live holy lives. Let's, let's let go of those things. For women, whatever the temptation might be for you, I want to encourage you. Let go of those things and let's grab hold of Jesus. Let's live holy lives. Let's live pure lives. Let's live lives that are so set apart that when the world looks at us, they'll say something is different about those people. Something is different about the way that they live. It's not just what they say, uh, but it's how they live and it's what they do. Uh, there is something unique about them. I want to live a life like them. And that people will look to us as the, the bride and say, I want to be like that. I want a God like they serve because something special is happening amongst them. Let's live holy lives. Let's pursue righteousness. Let's pursue faith. Let's pursue love. 
Let's pursue peace. I think it's as we pursue these things in, in living a holy life uh, that it enables us to let go of, of some of the other things that try to hold us back and uh, suck us into a, a life of sin. No, we want to live righteous, pure lives. So I want to encourage us as well, all of us. I want to encourage all of us. But men, I want to especially challenge and encourage you today. That let's live lives that we spend in the Scriptures. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You see, when we spend time in the Scriptures, it equips us. And it prepares us for the good works that God has prepared for us. As we spend time in the Word, as we spend time with Jesus, these things equip us and prepare us for the plan, the purpose, the destiny that God has over you as a family, as an individual, over us as a, a congregation. As we spend time in the Word, the Word prepares and equips us. Um, Jesus is the living Word. As we spend time with Him, uh, he prepares, He equips us. It, uh, it, it brings correction. It trains us. It, it moves us in, in, into righteousness. It completes us. If you feel incomplete as an individual, get into the Scriptures because the Scriptures complete you. Isn't that amazing? So you spend time in the Word, it brings completeness to you. It, the areas in your life where perhaps you feel lacking or, or missing, as we spend time in the Scriptures, those areas get filled and you become complete. As Liz Mitchell puts it, we need to read the Word, but we also need to let the Word read us. I think that's what the Scripture's saying when, when it talks about the, that, that the Scriptures are, are bringing, you know, teaching, reproof, correction, training. Uh, we need to let the Word read us and, and help us to see the areas in our lives where perhaps we're lacking, where perhaps we're falling short, uh, to bring that correction, to bring that training. And so I want to encourage us, family, let's in these days, uh, let's be intentional about, about spending time in the Word, about spending time with Him, uh, that, that every day we, we, we take some time to be in the Scriptures, to, to read, to meditate, to just be with Jesus and to be in the Word. And linked to that, I want to encourage us to be people of prayer uh, during these days, that we, we, we devote ourselves to the Lord and to prayer. As we started this morning in, in Thessalonians, that we will pray continually. Let's be people that are, that are so devoted to Jesus, that we devote to, to prayer and, and to the Scriptures. And as we do this, we'll be equipped for the good works that God has for us. Fourth point I want to cover is that let's live a life of devotion and accountability. As we live a life devoted to Jesus, as we put him first, as we do that, everything else falls into place. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. As we live a life devoted to him, uh, the good works that he's planned for us just kind of fall in place. So let me read for you uh, Psalm 37, verse 3 and verse 4. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. 
Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. You see, those, those good works, those good deeds, the, that plan, that purpose, that dream that God has placed within you, that is the desire of your heart because God put it there. God created you and He put desire within you. The word desire means of the Father. And so those desires that are of the Father, when we live devout and, and purely you know, set, uh, set our lives upon Him, when we do that, He, 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 he speaks to those deep intimate places in your heart and, and he tells you and he, he identifies uh, or helps you to identify the, the purpose, the passion, the desire, the dream that he's put within you. And as we live devoted to him, those things start to come forth and you, you can start to live them out. But let's just touch on, on good works a little bit more. I think there's two types of good works that, that the scripture is talking about. Uh, over here in, in verse 3 it says, trust in the Lord and do good. And I think there's, there's good works that we all are called to do, that the Scriptures encourage us to do, that the Scriptures coach and teach us to do. And those good works could be praying for the sick, it could be um, helping a senior citizen cross the road or um, register for a COVID vaccine or do something online, go shopping because they can't go shopping, whatever it might be, there are these good works, these good deeds that we all are called to do. And, and those are good and we really need to be intentional about saying, I'm going to live a life of, of you know, self-sacrifice and bless and give others because uh, that's what we're called to do as, as followers of Jesus is to bless others, to be a blessing. We are blessed so that we can be a blessing. But then there are, there's a different type of good work. Uh, there's the general good works which we're all called to, but then there are the, the good works that God has created you for. The good works that when, when God knitted you together in your mother's womb, he said, I want this individual to do this in terms of, of, of good works. And so there are these different types of good works. And I think as we do the general good works, it helps us to identify and find the specific good works that God has for us to do as well. And so let's do good. Let's live lives De devoted to Jesus, and as we as we devote ourselves to Him, as we delight ourselves in Him, uh, He will give us the desires of our heart. So another scripture, one of my favorites, Proverbs chapter twenty, verse five, it says, "The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out." And so, the purpose is almost hidden within you. It's like deep waters. It's deep down in your soul, the purpose that God placed within you. And so how do you discover and, and pull that out? Uh, well, a man of understanding will help you pull that out. And so who is a man of understanding? Well, I think your connect group leaders, those are people of understanding. Those are people of wisdom that will help you on a journey of discovering what is God's plan and purpose for you? What are the good works that God has for you? Uh, as you live a life of accountability uh, to, to fellow believers and to leaders, uh, I think those, those people that God has placed in your life, those are people of understanding who will help you identify and discover and pull out the purpose that God has placed within you. And so let's live lives of devotion to Jesus and accountability to Him 
and to one another, that we do this, uh, this journey called life together. And as we do it together, we encourage one another, we champion one another. And, uh, and as we do that, we, we call out the gold and the goodness, the purpose that we see within one another. And uh, we strengthen one another as we do that. The bride gets strengthened and God gets glorified. And so let's live lives of accountability and connection to one another. So let me recap quickly here, because we're getting to the fun parts. Fly, Eddie, fly. It's coming. So you're made for good works, and we need to discover those. And I think the first step, again, recognize and know that there are good works that God has created you for. Let's live holy lives where we are pursuing Jesus and where we are set apart. Let's get into the Scriptures and let the Word complete us. Let's live lives of prayer and being in the Word. Let's live a life where we walk down a path of devotion and accountability to Him and to one another. And then, fly, Eddie, fly. And so what does this mean? There's a, this is a story, it's a true story of a guy named Eddie Edwards. And uh, his dream from when he was a little boy was to participate in the Olympics. And, uh, and so that was all he ever wanted to do. And he pursued this dream of his wholeheartedly to, to go and participate in the Olympics. And uh, so I don't, even, I don't even think he's a believer. I don't think he's a Christian. But this is just a little bit of fun. And, and, and there's a beautiful, I guess, spiritual metaphor we can take out of Eddie Edwards' story. And so we've got a little video that we're going to play you. And then I'll uh, pull out some fun metaphors out of it. So uh, sit back, relax, get the popcorn quickly. You've got a two-minute video movie coming up. Here it comes. I was in the hospital for a year when I was a kid. All the doctors said I should give up sports. Where do you think you're going, young man? The Olympics. You better take this. Put your medals in. Thanks, Mum. For as long as I can remember, it has been my ambition to become an Olympian. Yes! Eddie, you are not an athlete! I just needed to find the right sport. Britain hasn't had a ski jumper since 1929. I'm going to be a ski jumper. He's going to break his neck. I'm going to break his neck. The time to start jumping is when you're five or six. I heard you were a champion, so I was thinking maybe you could give me a few tips. Give up. There's one for free. Watch this guy, number two in the world. And he knew what he was doing. It's not actually going to jump, is it? You're not going to give up, are you? You want your moment, Eddie? You've got to do this for real. Our strategy will best be described as ugly but effective. The Olympics is associated with certain qualities, excellence, achievement. They have no desire to associate with defeat. You're a disgrace to the sport. Good. Personal best, and we're a disgrace! Mr. Edwards. Your jump doesn't count. Because you just changed the rules. Don't I have a right to represent my country? No. My dream's turned into a nightmare. It's a world that doesn't want to know you. So what's new? The British Olympic Association is trying to stop me. I have to do this. The press all want to hear your story. I was kicked off every team I was ever on. 
before I even got a chance to prove myself. I take jumping very seriously, nearly as much as proving people wrong. And where do you think you're going? The Olympics. I thought you might need this. It's higher than you jumped before, faster than you've gone before. You can break bones. You're lucky if you can walk again. As a coach, I think you're crazy. But as your friend, fly. You're ready, the eagle. Come on, isn't that fun? Isn't that just such a fun story about this kid who had a dream? And, and he devoted his life just to pursuing that dream and uh, figured out it wasn't going to be the Summer Olympics. I went for the Winter Olympics, tried to be a Daniel skier, couldn't make it. And then he realized, well, there's no British, um, you know, long distance jump uh, participants. And so if he can do that, well, then he, he can qualify for the Olympics and, and he can go and participate. And so he did. 1988 Olympics, Eddie Edwards represented Great Britain in the Winter Olympics as the, one of the, the only British uh, ski jumper. And uh, you know what? He came in uh, position number 55. <laughs> there were 55 participants. He came stone last. But the world, the world at the time celebrated him, and the crowds would go crazy when he would do a jump, even though he came last. Um, the, the, the world celebrated him because he was living his dream. He was, he was going against the odds and, and doing what everyone said wasn't possible. He, he did the jumps because they, I mean, like out of any sport in the world, I've always said that must be the most difficult sport to learn. Like how do you learn that without dying? <laughs> like the first, you know, eight out of ten people that, that attempt it, they die and end up in hospital, and the other two out of ten, like they're the ones that end up making it. Like, how does it work? Anyway, apparently they progress from like a 10-meter jump and then a 20-meter and then a 40-meter. Uh, he literally did all four of those jumps in one day. It normally takes people about five years to progress through all of those. He just had this I won't give up attitude, and he just went after it, and he did some crazy things. He took some crazy risks, but he made it to the Olympics, and, and he, he lived his dream. And so I want to take some, some fun little metaphors out of this story of Eddie Edwards just to encourage us as we, as we follow and pursue the dream that God has put in your life. Um, a fun little fact also, the 1988 Olympics took place in Calgary, and so I thought that was a nice little uh, spiritual link as just a little side comment, the, the Calgary Olympic Games and Jesus giving us the full victory. But never give up. As, as you're following your dream, just as Eddie Edwards never gave up, don't give up on your dream. Keep going because people are going to speak negatively to you. They're going to speak negatively to your dream. Uh, I mean, his own parents would say, you're not an athlete. You're never going to do that. Like, go and be a builder. That was what their family did. Their, their family were, were, were tradesmen, and that was how it was passed down, grandfather, father, and, and even Eddie. And so when, when the world throws or speaks negatively about your dream, just keep going. Don't, don't let that influence you. Just say, this is God's plan for me, and I'm going to keep going. Because there will be opposition. There will be people speaking negatively and saying negative things about you, and you're not capable, you're not, you're not you know, competent to do ski jumping because you don't have the training or qualification. Just keep going. Never give up. You know, I love that, that Eddie... He, he, he did whatever he could to follow his dream. 
I think our millennial generation, we're wonderful at dreaming, but we're not very practical when it comes to following out those dreams. Come on, let's be real for the younger generation. Eddie was a plasterer. He was a builder tradesman. And so what he would do when he was training for the Olympics, he lived in like abandoned homes or it was an abandoned hospital I think he stayed in for a short while because he couldn't afford to pay the rent when he went for these training camps um, and he would also then be a plasterer so he would go and build as a tradesman when when he could and save up money and then he'd go train and and so don't expect the world to to pay for your dream uh, do whatever you can and you own it and uh, and do what you can you know you need godly courage to follow your dream. And as Eddie's sitting there on the edge of his jump, you know, at the top of the ramp, and they got that little bar that he's holding on. Man, that must take courage when you're looking down this very steep slope. And at the end of that slope, well, there's no more ground. It's fly, Eddie, fly, or crash, Eddie, crash. You know, as you're holding on that bar, sitting on the edge of your seat, sometimes you just need to let go, stand up, and lean into the dream, the passion that God has placed within you. And as you just fly down that hill, and as you reach that takeoff point, you just stand up and lean into it and say, God, I'm just, I'm giving you my everything. I've got no plan B. If this doesn't work, well, I'm in trouble. But I'm going and I'm going to fly, Jesus. And so we need courage. And, and so pray and ask God to give you courage to follow and pursue that dream. You know, the amazing thing, Eddie, I think the true story, I'm not sure if he had a physical handicap, but he did have a visual handicap. He was extremely or is extremely far-sighted, And so he would do these jumps with his glasses on. So as he's sitting at the top of the jump ramp, holding on, the last thing he would do is he would put his goggles on over his glasses. And what would happen is the, his glasses would mist up. <laughs> and so he says, I watched an interview with him about... Three to four out of ten jumps, his glasses wouldn't demist. So most of the time, as he's going down the, you know, the, the ramp to the, the jump, the, the air would come through the, the goggles and his, his glasses would, would defog and he'd be able to see. But three out of four, that wouldn't happen, and so he would jump blindly. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But sometimes faith is like that. Sometimes you just can't see, God, I don't know where this is going. I don't know where you are in this situation, but I just know this is where I need to go. And so sometimes faith can feel a little bit blind, and that's okay. Just lean in and say, God, I'm, I'm going. I'm all in. And, uh, and I'm trusting that as I take off from this launching pad, that there's going to be a landing pad somewhere down there. I might not see it, but I know that there's going to be a, a landing pad because I, I put my faith in you. You know, the world will oppose you, but then when you push through that, there will be the crowds that will celebrate you. Eddie came in 55th out of 55 places, but yet the, he, he kind of stole the show in some regards at the 1988 Winter Olympics, and the world cheered him on, not because he was the best, but because he was doing his best and because he was living his dream. It's not about winning all the time. It's about doing your best for Jesus and living your dream. And when you do that, the world will celebrate and, and honor you. And so, as we start to close, 
I want to encourage you to know that you are made for good works. God created good works for you. He's got a dream and a passion that he's placed within you. It's his dream for your life. And I want you to discover that. I want to encourage you to do whatever you can to discover and to live out that dream. Don't give up. Just keep going. When you feel discouraged, just say to your soul, fly, Eddie, fly. You can do this. Why not we live lives being as dedicated to the dream and the passion that he has for you? Let's be as dedicated to, to those passions as he is, as dedicated to the passions, the purpose that he's placed within you. So, Ben, can I invite you guys to come back up? And we're going to close in, in a final song. Um, but everyone at home, I want to encourage you. Come on, let's stand. And I want to take a moment and just pray for you that, uh, that God will give you courage, that as you, as you discover the, the dreams, the good works that he has for you, that there'll be such a sense of joy, of fulfillment in, in living a life that, that pleases him, that glorifies him, because the, the root, the, the sweet center spot of, of, of those good works is that Jesus gets glorified. If, uh, if that's not the outcome of, of the, the good works, the purpose that you feel God has for you, then I think you're, you're missing something. The sweet spot is glorifying Him. Uh, that's what we, we're here for. So come on, stand, put your hands out, and, and I'm going to pray. Jesus, you're so good, you're kind, you're loving. You made us, you knitted us together, and you created us for good works. God, our heart's desire is to live out the, the good works that you've created us to live out, to find the, 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 the sweet spot, to follow the dream that you have for us, God, that we will bring glory to your name. And so, Father God, may your grace abound in each one of our lives. Will you help us to discover as we, as we follow these principles that I, I've spoken about today, that you will help us to unpack and call out those, those dreams, that purpose that lies deep within, that we might glorify you more. Lord, will you give us such a, a courage that as we face the ramp of life, as we look down the steep slope that just feels overwhelming, that feels scary, where we feel just incapable or incompetent of doing this, where it feels life-threatening. Lord, as we face the ramp of, of life, give us courage. Give us courage, Jesus. Give us courage to let go, to go down that ramp, and that we might fly, Eddie, fly. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, come and bless us and guide us. And may we bring glory, honor, and praise to you in everything that we do. Come on, let's, uh, let's worship as we close our meeting together this morning. Let's lift our hearts to him. May nothing hold us back as we worship our King. Let's worship together.